paranoid. If they find out what we're doing, then we're dead. Have you heard of a conspiracy theory before? Yeah, I think we're in one. We ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. from intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one, what do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they're calling the UFO. Who's being carted off in the medevac? Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, a door opens up. That's where we go in. It's time. Yeah, that just happened. What happens now? They arrive. They need to see me. Dr. Bank? Are you insane? Now that's a proper introduction. More objects have landed around the world. This is one of 12. I'm never going to be able to speak their words. Got two days. Figure something out. I am human. It's their language. We need to make sure that they understand the difference between a weapon and a tool. Language is messy, and sometimes one can be both. Are you dreaming in their language? It's possible they're prodding us to fight among ourselves. This is just a way to force us to work together for once. It's more complicated than that. How is it more complicated? Russia just executed one of their own to keep their secret. We've got 21 hours before they start global war. So how do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. How does this feel worse?
status. What do you want from me? Humanity will cease to exist unless you return to the hive. I don't trust you. Behind you. Everything's led to this. What are we gonna do? We're gonna kill every last one of them. is over. Gotta go. Talk tomorrow? I'm not going anywhere. Once foster care spits me out, I'm gone. Nobody's ever real, you know? My best friend isn't even real. <laughs> Tell me about it. That hurts my feelings. Tell me where you're really from. Mars. I was born here. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm from a different planet, too. I've been ready for the dark. I want to go to Earth. He's met less than 15 people. He's being denied connection. His physical development is at the perfect place to do it. His heart can't handle our gravity. It's too risky. It's worth it. So many colors. Hi. Hello. Get away from me. Okay. Are you a transfer student? Okay. <laughs> uh, excuse me. That's our emergency eye wash station. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Gardner, you're from Mars. Yeah, Tulsa. My mother was an astronaut. She died on Mars, giving birth to me. But this is my father. You're gonna help me find him. People have been lying to me my entire life. Just because something sounds crazy doesn't mean it's not true. Go! Oh, it is. It's just a horse. I'm on a road trip with an insane person. He's running out of time. Tommy, come with me now! No. This is my life! Gardner? Gardner! He wasn't mine. We found it. Let's go. Friend of yours? You make me human. And no matter what happens, it was worth it. All of it.
fight you! Oh my god! I've killed Harry Potter! You're actually giving us permission to do this? That is correct, Longbottom. To blow it up! Boom! Boom! Wicked! <laughs> Harry's heart did beat for us! For all of us! Good morning, Dallas Fan Days. How are you? You excited for, in my opinion, the greatest Gryffindor that ever lived? I, I was going to hype your energy up, but it's already up. Let's hear it. Let's bring out Mr. Matthew Lewis. First panel of the morning. Usually oh, people's energy is a little bit, uh, but everybody is excited and electric. Do I have this right, everybody? Well, it'll be all downhill from here, I can promise you that. Where's that right here? Now, you're a Yorkshireman. You're from the Texas of England. <laughs> it is. It's the biggest county in, in Britain. You're absolutely right. Um, it's a bit greener than, than Texas, I think. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I am from Yorkshire. You've done your research. A little bit. I've got, I've got, I have a note card. I have questions. The audience certainly has questions. We have microphones set up. Go ahead and start lining up. We will get to audience questions here in very short order. Um, from, from I, think, I think a lot of us uh, in this room today, uh, thank you for, for being the shy kid who uh, blossoms into a real hero, a reluctant hero. Uh, and, uh, and carrying that mantle with, uh, with all the responsibility that it goes with. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The role of Neville was, was so special for Vetterfilm for various reasons, but you know, that, that character arc, that, that evolution, was, was one of the main reasons. Um, simply because you know, I, was a, I was a shy kid at school. I was a bit of an introvert, and I didn't speak up, and I was a, you know, a bit of a... Well, not a bit, I'm a full-on geek. And I, and I still am, and proud of it, you know. Um, and yet, you know, that, that kind of stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't define you, you know. You, you, it doesn't mean that you're any less, you know. And, and the fact that Neville could, could grow up and, and do the things that he did and, and become the hero and, you know, the things that he did, um, he did in spite of his fear. And that's real courage, you know, when someone's completely terrified but they still do it anyway. Um, and so to be able to play that on screen was, um, yeah, uh, extraordinary. I'm, I feel very, very uh, humbled and, and proud to be able to, to do that. I hope you enjoyed it. I, I think we did. I think we did. Now, there, there are so many people here who were big fans of, of the Potter series, grew up alongside Neville, uh, loving that whole franchise, all of you guys that, that did that. I'm curious about what you were a fan of when you were a kid. What were you into? What was your, what was your thing that, who would you be lining up for a, for a photo with, you know, at a show like this? I've seen you tweet about Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. <laughs> about uh, how sometimes you, you'd feel like a, like a Wesley Crusher. Yeah, yeah. 
That was weird. That was the Pokemon Go thing when everyone was playing that. And I felt like that episode of Star Trek when it's called The Game. Woo! I am such a loser. There's like... No, I think you're the coolest guy in the room, <laughs> actually. But, um, yeah, I mean, fortunate enough that I've been able to come to these kind of conventions um, as a guest since I was like 13. Um, so I've been able to literally, literally queue up for for other people um, at these shows for the last sort of 10, 15 years. Um, and, I, and I did, you know, my, when I was a kid, aside from Harry Potter, um, which I was a huge fan of anyway, I was, um, I still am a big Star Trek fan. Star Wars was my favorite films growing up. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I've got. Uh, oh, and all You're those only becoming more and more popular with all the women <laughs> in the room. Yeah, I love all, I mean, anything by Joss Whedon, really. I mean, you know. Firefly, all those things. Yeah. I was going to say words and you can just keep cheering. That's great. We could do that for half an hour. Yeah, man. <laughs> who, were, who were the characters that, that really meant something to you, that were touchstones for you? A lot of people, Neville was a big touchstone for them. Uh, in a very similar way. Xander in Buffy, I thought was a very similar kind of character to Neville. Um, and he had that wonderful episode um, where he... Um, ends up being the hero of, yeah, the Zeppo over the, throughout the whole night when he becomes the, the hero and no one ever even finds out about it. And, um, and I always remember watching that as a kid and thinking, that's the kind of journey that I want to I wanna take with Neville. Um, you know, someone who's always there and he's always reliable, even though he's, at large times, pretty useless. <laughs> he's still going to try his best. And, um, and, and that's what was so powerful about, about Neville and, and characters like Xander are the ones that I always drawn to. That's something that, uh, that, that we see is you're, you're alongside these, I mean, this all-star team of amazing uh, English stage and film talent throughout the, the Potter series. Were there people that were in the cast with you that you had looked up to, that you had seen on screen, that were, that were uh, a part of one of the fandoms that you were into before you worked with them? Um, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, absolutely. Um, all of the actors that I worked with, I think I was I was a fan of in in some way. Alan Rickman was um, was a, was a pretty special one for me um, because not only was he one of the greatest you know British actors of all time, um, but one of the most genuinely lovely people as well. Um, and even at the age of eleven years old, I'd seen Die Hard, um, <laughs> and. <laughs> you know, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, with a completely movie-stealing performance. Um, and um, to think that you're going to be, you know, working with someone of that caliber was, was remarkable. And then he's playing this terrifying Professor Snape. Um, and yet, you know, when he's not being Professor Snape, he was just a, a really charming, friendly man. And... Um, and that's what acting's all about, you know. That as soon as you say action, you get what you get done. What you need to get done, but off off it, you you know, you just be gracious and lovely, and um, and he always was, and I'll never forget that. Did he reach out to you in some in some way? Did you reach out to him for mentorship? Is it something that he was he was making a point of of offering to the whole cast? Um, whether he knew it or not, over the over the ten years, just from watching him work and watching the way he held himself in between in between um, takes. Um, it's stuff like that that you learn from throughout the whole process. You just, like a sponge, absorb as much information from, from the way he was as possible. But 
I was very, very fortunate on um, his last day of filming um, that I went down to his trailer to visit. I mean, I, I'd not had a huge amount of scenes with Alan throughout the, the series, a handful, um, but all of them meant so much to me. Uh, awful lot more than I imagine they ever meant to him. Um, but I went down to his trailer on the last day of his shooting just to say thank you, basically. Just to say, you, you know, what this has meant to me over the last 10 years is quite indescribable, so I just want to say thank you. And um, and he said, come in. He said, come into my trailer, have a, have a cup of tea. And we just sat down and we talked through the future. And he sort of gave me some recommendations of what I should be looking to do in the future. And, and I've tried to tick off as many of them as possible. He recommended theatre to me. Um, which I then went on and did, and have done multiple times since then. He recommended the big move to London, away from my Yorkshire home, um, which broke my heart at the time. But um, yeah, it's all it's all just helped, and it's all been part of the grand plan that that he recommended and and helped forward my career. And um, you know, he didn't need to do that. He didn't need to take that time. He could have just said, "Thanks, Matt. See you around," and he didn't. And he didn't. And um, and I'll never forget that. So you did very much uh, follow in his footsteps. And based on the reviews, not to say that critics are always right about everything, uh, but you, you got some really stunning reviews for this uh, show on Faithful that you just finished doing. Yeah. Um, I, it's, doing theater is terrifying. I mean, it really is um, frightening. Um, the idea of you know going on a, a stage in London and you have a press night where basically everyone in the audience is there to critique what you're doing. Um, and that can, it shouldn't, but it can make or break a show, um, depending on what those people in the room on that one night decide about your performance. Um, but there is an energy that comes with that, and you um, have to use that. And luckily for me, um, it was all right. The, the reviews were, were very positive, and people loved the show, and people kept coming back to see the show. Um, and I just had a, a thoroughly great time, and hopefully I can take what I learned in that show on into um, into other projects. It was uh, it was an interesting one. It was a bit full on. I played a male escort, um, which was anybody um, in the audience have a problem with it? <laughs> we did some interesting research for it. I'll leave it there. Well, that that leads me to ask. I've got one more question. I want to get to you guys at the microphones. If you're not already lined up and if you have a question, please get up to the microphones. Uh, something that um, you know, I, I could say that you've had to deal with a bit is, uh, is, is a bit of objectification. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, I think my point has just been proven. Uh, growing up a shy kid, uh, you know, coming out of your shell as you went through the Potter series, uh, suddenly people are, are treating you like, you know, David Beckham running around in your underwear all the time. <laughs> You know, was, was, is, is, this, is this something that's been difficult for you to adjust to? People bringing you photos of you in your underwear? Please sign this for me. <laughs> um, I mean, I did the photo shoot, so I can't sort of sit here and go, oh, that was really, that was a nightmare that they caught me looking like that. I was, you know. I had no intention, no yeah, idea. What, no a, idea. Ca there what were, a candid there were shot. cameras there? Yeah. I can't, I can't. No, I mean, hey, when people are saying incredibly nice things, um, you can't 
get a chip on your shoulder and complain um, because you know the internet can be a pretty dark place at times. Um, I'm sure we've all seen and experienced that, that at some point. Um, and so when <laughs> whenever someone's saying something nice about you, it's something that I've had to sort of learn. I mean, I'm, in, a, in my British way, I don't take compliments very well. Um, I just sort of go, oh, yes, well, that's fine. Matthew, that's you were wonderful. Right. Oh, I was no, 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 terrible. Terrible. Um, but, um, so I've, I've learned to try and take compliments a little bit better and, um, and people, you know, we're all being very, very lovely about that whole process. And so I can't sit here and complain about people saying that I look good in underwear. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Um, but I have to insist that I was shooting a film at the time. And so I'd been training, you know, they got me a, a trainer for the movie and, and he'd been in the gym with him for several months. I don't always look like that. <laughs> that was literally about, about nine weeks of my life. And then not again. <laughs> um, so please don't anyone think that that's a thing that everyone needs to aspire to at all times, because it's a lot of effort. Um, it's no beer. It's no pizza. All the good things in life. It's just none of that. Um, so don't, don't think that's what we need to look like. Um, so, but no, you know, everyone's very nice. So I, I am very, very humbled by that as well. And um, it's not something I'll be doing again anytime soon. <laughs> Let's start with questions over here. Hi. Um, thanks for coming to Texas. We are very, very thankful you're here. Thank you. Um, my question is, I just did a local little sci-fi quirky play at home back in Austin, and I was wondering about your preparation between, um, or I guess a difference in your preparation for film versus for theater work, because I agree, even if with a small production, theater can be really unsettling when you can see and hear your audience reactions. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, th there's a, a safety net that you have in film and TV in that you get to do it again if you mess up, um, that you obviously don't have on, on stage. Um, flip side of it is that on stage, you get a meticulous rehearsal process, um, which you very rarely get on film and TV. Sometimes you do, but it's quite rare. Usually you're expected to turn up on the day and be ready to go. And there is a, a level of discipline that comes absolutely with that. That is tough, that is difficult. Um, Anyone who looks at sort of soap opera actors and says, oh, well, you know, it's, it's not real acting or whatever, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Those guys have got to turn up and film, you know, any 10 to 15 pages of, of work every day with no preparation time, no rehearsal, and they've just got to expect to turn up on the day and nail it. That's hard work. In theatre, you get a lot more time. But with theatre, um, particularly the play that I just did, um, we were on stage for an hour and ten minutes right through. We never had a break to go off. It was a one-act play and we were all on stage the whole time. Um, and so from the moment you walk out there, if you make a mess of a line, you have to just let it go. You can't go away and refocus. You can't go away and get into character. You have to just power through all the way through. And the only way you can do that is if you have fully found your character throughout that rehearsal process and you've invested and you've immersed yourself in, in, that, in that world and in that character. And that's where the, the, the discipline comes in, is that you have to sit around a room for a long, long time 
picking apart every single bit of this person's life, why they do what they do, why they do it, um, and all their motivations and everything. And um, yeah, that's pretty intense, and that's hard work. And um, there's times when I've gone out there and the first line I've said has been terrible. And I've known straight away, I've got to get through another hour and nine minutes, and I've just made a complete hash of this whole thing. Um, and that's tough going, but there is no, there is no reward more fulfilling than getting through a, a show where you've just, you know, you've from start to finish, you felt like you were in that moment. Um, so I suppose now I should probably answer your question after all that, um, which was. Uh, it, was it was a lovely how, clinic how, on how, acting how, that how you just gave us. How do I, how do I, how do I prepare? How different? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'd say um, the best. That's what he, that's how he prepares. So I set the scene. He just worked it all out. And I mean, simply, um, I tell you exactly what happened. Okay, so I got halfway through the run, and and I suddenly became very aware that I was an actor on a stage singing lines, and I'd ceased to be Peter, the character I was playing. I was Matthew saying Peter's words, and I had this crisis and a big meltdown, which all actors usually go through. Um, and someone said to me, "Just you've just got to relax, because the point is you can't. It's very very difficult." to make yourself feel something, to feel angry or force yourself to feel upset. You have to let yourself be affected by what's going on in the, in the piece of theater. And so the best, thing, the best way to do that is to quite simply, back to basics, relax, make sure you completely relax and just listen. Just listen to the other actors and allow what they're doing to affect you. And that's the only way you can really do That's the only way you can give a truthful performance. I mean, it's, it's such a cliche, but acting is you know, reacting. And, and the only way you can do that is if you're paying attention and listening to the, to the other people. Um, it's a table tennis match, you know? You give them, and then you can only play their next shot as good as the one that comes back at you, etc. cetera. And, um, and it gets into a big rally. And that's the way I've, I approached it, anyway. I think that was your question. I have no idea. Thank you. You should be charging for this. <laughs> Free acting advice right over here. What's your favorite prop from the set of Harry Potter? Was there one that you liked uh, working with that you just thought was cool or? Yeah, I mean, the Sword of Gryffindor is obviously. Um, Did a couple neat things with it. Yeah, that was Not cool. Lie. I almost killed a child, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not funny. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, basically the, the sword was, um, was made by our props team and um, you know, it wasn't forged in some blacksmith in the Victorian times. It was made by a props team and it was bolted in with a screw and the screw came loose. And so when I swung the sword, the blade came away from the hilt and just went straight up in the air about 100 feet and then just came back down again. Um, and there was a lot of children just like in the middle of the scene and there was lots of explosions going off. It was very loud. And I just, I just shouted, heads up! But um, you know, no one heard a, a word, and it came down amongst about 10 children and landed in the ground and touched nobody. It was like the most amazing moment of my life when I realized I had killed a 10-year-old child. Um, so that was lucky. Next question over here. What was your favorite movie to play in and why? Uh, Harry, Harry Potter movie. Yes? Favorite Harry Potter movie, right. specifically? Yeah. Oh, you're over there. Okay, hello. Yeah, what was your favorite Harry Potter yeah. movie to play in and why? Okay, um, I think probably the last one, probably um, Death of Hallows Part 2. 
Um, just, just quite simply, um, as an actor, you want to always feel that you are affecting the the outcome of the the story as much as possible, and you are getting to take a journey with your character. And and although that I got to do that throughout the whole series, the final film was a real culmination of Neville's uh, Neville's journey, and he was so integral in the in the story of the final movie. And I got to just run around and do cool stunts all the time, <laughs> um, blow up bridges and all that kind of thing. So. That was that was a an experience that I'll ne I'll never forget. Over here. Oh, hi. Um, since this is Comic Con, I was wondering if you got to play a superhero, which one would it be? Oh, she's asking a geek, and we know that you know your stuff, so you can't. I mean, you can't dodge this. No pressure. You, but you've thought about it, right? Um. Do you have a Marvel or a DC? I mean, do you lean one way or the other? I mean, as as a kid, I was always always. Batman was always it. Um, whether anyone, I mean, I think Batman's been done to a point now where, I mean, we've had three, I mean, Michael Keaton was... An, an Englishman has played Batman, Christian Bale. He's actually Welsh. He's Welsh. Yeah. He's Welsh. He is People Welsh. don't usually catch me on that. I know. Um, but he's, um, yeah, I mean, Christian Bale was exceptional. Michael Keaton was brilliant. I actually really, really like Ben Affleck yeah. as Batman. Um, and so I think Batman's been done by some very, very exceptional people, so should we think of a different one? Mm. Who do you think I should, anyone, anyone want to shout something out that I should be? So, can't hear a word you're saying. I heard Superman, I heard... <laughs> well, what? Did somebody say Poison Ivy? <laughs> Is there anyone in here who doesn't want to see him in his underwear? Really? I'll just stay with Batman. I can't hear any of you. It's fine. I could be a supervillain instead. Oh. I mean, I, I don't have one. I was just, ah. I was just saying. No, I'm just, you, get, you get yourself into a danger zone. Sorry, yeah. People want to know. Next question. <laughs> Over here. If you could do anything besides acting, what would you like to do? Hmm. Um, I think I'd like to have... I'm a big um, rugby league fan. Um, back in the UK, and then by the silence there across the room, I realized none of you have a clue what rugby league is. That's the thing like football, but that's really violent. Um, yeah, it's where pretty violent. Yeah. And helmets, that's how yeah. it, they um, just throw each other around. And I'm a huge, huge rugby league fan, and I'm not big enough, strong enough, um, brave enough to be a rugby league player. They are a breed of humans that are unlike any I've ever seen, um, and I couldn't do it. But if if I'd been able to have the opportunity to um, to try anything else other than acting, that's what I would have given a go at, and very quickly given it up. <laughs> I imagine, but that's what I would have tried. Yeah. Over here, we got another kid asking a question. Kid questions are the best questions. What's your favorite spell? Um, the one that caused that feedback, probably. My favorite spell. I like. Um, Expelliarmus, but only because it, it, what does it do? It disarms, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> but it rolls off the tongue very well, doesn't it? Expelliarmus, I like that one. That's it. What's, your, what's yours? What's yours? Um, Expecto Patronum. Good choice. Do you, have, do you have a Patronus? Do you have one? Uh, yes. What, what, what is it? He's a killing wild. time. He's a trying to come up with boar. one. A, a what, sorry? 
A wild boar. A wild, wild boar. boar. Very Fierce. good. What was your name? Nick. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Over here. Uh, first off, thank you so much for taking the time to come out and see us. Um, you never know what small things you might say that will affect someone in this crowd in a big way. Wow, thank um, you. No so pressure. My, yeah. <laughs> uh, so my question to you is, you know, you've obviously been acting since a very young age up until now in your adulthood. We always say the good things, but what's something that's been quite difficult for you that's helped you grow as a person within that kind of time frame? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate um, in my career that uh, I've worked consistently um, since I was five years old, which is a rarity in the industry. And um, I've not had a huge amount of, of setbacks. I did my, the first play I ever did. Um, I did it. Hello? Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, the first play, th this play was so terrible that that's why the mic cut out then, because it doesn't want to talk about it. Um, no, the, 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 I mean, everyone in the play was brilliant. It was called Verdict, and everyone in the play was brilliant, except me. Um, no, I don't deserve it. Don't, don't, don't awe me. Um, I did a play, I had no idea what I was doing. I was, I'd just finished Harry Potter at the time, and I, I jumped in at the deep end, and did very little research and very little prep and was dreadful. I mean, <laughs> really bad. Um, I just didn't know what I was doing. And um, I had some uh, uh, terrible reviews. Someone described my voice as excruciating. Yeah, right, I know, I know. In a national paper. But it's fine, I mean, because because it's that kind of stuff that you learn from, and you, and, and, and in this industry, you know, everyone says you have to have a thick skin, and um, and it, it is as simple as that. You need to be able to just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and, and carry on. And um, there was a few moments where I was like, "Can I do this? Is this really what I want to do?" Um, but you know, I had uh, friends around me who said, "No, come on, it's one, it's one review." You've got to use that now. Look at you know, look use it as constructive criticism and, and say what how what can you do to make it better? So I spoke to the director, I spoke to the other actors, and I spent the next sort of few months learning from them and trying to hone my craft and, and figure out what, what it was that I was doing wrong. And so it was a six month tour and the first four months were a much of, of that similar kind of responses. And then something clicked. I finally got it. And the last two months I had the most amazing time, the reviews completely switched over, and I figured out what it was all about. And I've done two plays since then, and I've been able to crack on. And there was a moment where I was in Cardiff, and I was on tour, I was in Cardiff, and I wanted to give up, and my friend said to me that I had to finish this. I'd agreed to do six months, and I'm gonna do six months. And the fact that I did that meant that I came out the other end, and I had learned, and I figured what it was about. And I look back now, I think how my life would have been different if I had chosen to give up when I wanted to. And I'm just so glad I didn't because it completely changed, it, it changed me as a person and, um, and, it, and it forwarded my career in a way that I just never expected. Um, and so it's, uh, if there's any kind of moral to take away from it, it's to, if, it's, if you're scared of it, you should do it. Um, and if it goes badly, so what? Just, just try, try and try again until you get it right. Um, yeah. We're getting an acting workshop.
We've got, you're a motivational speaker now. <laughs> I mean, look, I already liked you, but you're, you're knocking it out of the park today. <laughs> Don't listen to anything that I say. <laughs> Over here. Okay, so I had to rehearse this incredibly cliche question in my head, um, and you may have already actually answered it. Because Rehearsal is important. I imagine that it would be pretty distressing to nearly kill a child with a sword. Um, but what was your most mentally or physically or emotionally taxing scene that you had to film for Harry Potter and why? Hmm. Um, I didn't care about the kids. <laughs> they shouldn't have been there. Um, no, I, I, my, my most <sighs> taxing this thing. Um, Anything, anything that kind of revolved around Neville's parents, I think, were, were some of the toughest scenes. Um, when I started to explore Neville's background and his history and his motivations and, and you know, why, why he is as he is and why he does as he does, um, it always comes back to his parents. Um, it always comes back to what happened um, to them when he was young and... and so when we found out that we weren't going to get the scene in St. Mungo's in um, Order of the Phoenix, um, we sort of realised that any moment that Neville discussed his parents, we really had to squeeze out as much information out of it as possible for the viewers at home, because it's the real crux to understanding who he is. And so we ended up kind of having to force it into one scene, really, in the, in the uh, Room of Requirement, where Neville explains to Harry about, about his parents. And it's very short, and I realised that it was actually quite a throwaway when you read it, but it, it, is, it is everything. It is everything for Neville. Um, and so we just wanted to make sure that we got that, that right. And I remember that there being an immense amount of pressure on, on that particular scene. Um, to really try and convey all the emotions that that he was so incredibly proud of of his parents and and had so much resentment for for the evil in the world and the intolerance in the world that anyone could do that to his parents who were so loving and so kind and that is what you know makes him who he is so we that I remember there being a a, a level of of um, investment in that scene that was greater than any others I can, I can think of right now. Right over here. Hi, what is your favorite potion in all of the movies? We're going we're gonna to hit his favorite prop, his favorite potion, his favorite incantation. I don't know. We'll get to his favorite color of robe um, in a minute. <laughs> I don't know any potions. <laughs> potions. What, what, uh, what? You didn't pay attention in class is what you're saying. <laughs> If you name some, I'll tell you if I like the sound of them. <laughs> That's the, I, the look one. That one. <laughs> that one. Yeah. And it gave us luck. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Over here. Hi. Okay, so this is kind of actually a question about me before you, but... Um, so with you working in such a large franchise like Harry Potter and Sam Claflin in Hunger Games and Amelia Clark in Game of Thrones, how was that different kind of filming a much more low-profile film? Um, we had a, a real good time on that movie. Um, the, everyone involved in that picture, are just the 
loveliest people you could meet, from our director, Thea Sharrock, um, Sam, Amelia, Jenna, Jenna Ullman, um, just everyone, just a really great bunch of people. Um, I remember we, um, <laughs> Sam, Amelia and I had an interesting run-in in Wales. We went out into Wales and we were staying in a hotel and they'd finished work for the day and I'd sort of been cooped up in the hotel not doing anything. And they said, oh, should we go, should we go for a walk and explore our surroundings? And I was like, yeah, cool. So the three of us went out for a walk and we were just walking through fields and fields and, and then we got into, under some barbed wire, which, you know, in hindsight, stupid thing to do. Um, and we got into a field full of what can only be described as, as maternally enraged cows. Um, and they were mad. <laughs> they started getting very close, and uh, Sam was like, they, they're coming at quite a speed. And they didn't stop, and they just came right for us, and we had to just sort of run through all these brambles, and they just kept coming, and, and Amelia's shoes came off, so Sam's like got her on his back, giving her a piggyback, and I'm like leading the expedition through all these brambles, and eventually we, we escaped with our lives. Um, back to the hotel, and uh, Sam sort of made the point because no one knew we were out at all. We kind of, we kind of snuck out, really. Um, and um, he sort of said, "What an amazing newspaper headline that would have been." And, uh, Neville Longbottom and Khaleesi and Finnick O'Dare killed by cows. Mad cows destroy three franchises. <laughs> Over here. If you had the choice, um, what house would you be in and why? I, I am in a house that I did not choose. And I'm aware that I may upset a quarter of the people in this room when I say this. Um, I'm in Hufflepuff. But I don't want to be. I... Uh, I want to be in Gryffindor, obviously. Obviously. Why would, I, why would anyone want to be in Hufflepuff? Why? Everything was going so well, and then you crushed thousands of dreams across the world. Sorry. Over here. Uh, yes. I've read about in, like in other movies, mainly horror movies, where the villain will separate himself during the filming so that he doesn't develop a relationship with the other cast. Was there any, in any of your works, Harry Potter or others, where characters, where actors separated themselves so that they would not become friends, so to speak, and have it affect the filming? I've, I've heard of it many times, and I've, I've worked with some um, some method actors before, um, recently actually, um, and uh, it's a it's a it's a unique experience, and um, and you know each to their own really. Whatever whatever people need to do um, to get the job done is is fine, um, and it's it's quite exciting actually to watch other people's techniques and the way they perform and things like that. Um, in Harry Potter, I'm not. I think Rafe Rafe Fiennes had not. Whether it was intentional or not, I'm not actually sure. I never I never spoke to him about it. But I remember when on my first day working with him on the final film, we got together to do a little um, 
a little run through of lines before everyone got in hair and makeup. And so Rafe was, he still had his long hair. He'd not had the bald cap put on or any of the makeup put on yet. Um, and we were just in our own clothes um, doing a little line reading. And I don't even know if he did this on purpose, but he basically just stared me out for the entire line run and um, never took his eyes off me. Like he was looking into my very soul and did not like what he saw. And I mean, it worked. I was terrified of him. Um, and um, then, for, I mean, he was, I mean, you know, after we finished, he was really lovely and we had a good chat and stuff like that. But for the, for, for the days that we were filming that scene, I was really scared of him. Um, so maybe maybe he did do it on purpose. I don't know, but um, it it worked. Yeah. Over here. If you could be any other character in Harry Potter, who would it be and why? Hmm. Um, I don't know really. I've never really thought about it too often. Um, I guess if I, if I was to if I was to do it again, um, I'd want to do something like drastically different from, from Neville. I did, one of the things about acting that I've enjoyed the most over the last sort of 20 years is that I've been able to play very eclectic characters, very diverse um, roles, that um, some of them inherently very, very good, and some of them not nice at all. Um, and being able to do those different roles all bring up different challenges, and that's what's really, really enjoyable. So I, I think having played someone who is so intrinsically pure, like Neville, I'd like to play someone not so much. Um, so like, I don't know, one of the, like, one of the Death Eaters, or someone, someone, someone quite high up in Voldemort's hierarchy, I guess, that'd be quite fun. Um, Lucius Malfoy or something like that, yeah. We've only got about five minutes left, but I want to try to get through every question we have at the mics, which unfortunately puts a lot of work on you. You mean right? hurry up is what you're I saying? Mean, no, 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 no. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying that's the time that we have, and, and we're going to really see what you're capable of. <laughs> make you improvise. <laughs> over here. Hey, Matthew. I know you've been acting for over 20 years. Have you ever considered stepping away from that and directing or producing anything? Oh, I'm far too lazy to do any of that. <laughs> no, directing is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, like, when you direct a movie, I mean, you're there just involved in everything from, from day one to the very end, um, whether it's in the editing process, the casting process. Um, it's a very, very intensive job, and it's maybe something that I would look at doing in the future, but um, it's... Um, I mean, I'm, I'm having enough work on my hands just acting at the minute. Jeez, having to do something else is, is, is too much, but... I'll never say never, but at the minute I'm I'm very I'm very much enjoying um, my my job at the minute. I've I've been very fortunate, as I was saying earlier, that you really want me to just stop talking now, don't you? So we can get to the next. No, person. I, hey, I, I, um, I, I, you can talk as long as you want. Maybe maybe at some point in future, we'll see. But not now. Thanks. Uh, right. Next question. Over here. In character, can you say, "Oh my God, I killed Harry Potter"? Uh, <laughs> I, I think we actually we have tape of that. Uh, that everybody saw before we started. I dislike this line. Um, Has it come back to haunt you? No, I just didn't. I didn't like how I did it. it I didn't. I didn't commit to it, and I, therefore I didn't believe it. Matthew, I've got great news for you. We have an audience. <laughs> yeah, right. You have a retired theater director. All right, let's see if we can do this. I don't even. I um, don't even know if I can remember. Like I, I had to go and. Oh, I can't even tell you that. 
I'll please, just say the please. line. I, I don't even know I'll what it is. I'm just going to beg you. I'm just going to beg you. I'm um, going to beg you right now. I I'll will, get on my knees. All I will say is that I had to I had to do the voice of Neville recently for something. Um, and I haven't done it since like 2011 or whatever it was. And I didn't even know if I could do it anymore. So I had to. I did it a few months ago. It was really weird. Um, I think it was all right. I don't know. Oh my God, I killed Harry Potter. There you go. Fine, move on, next one. Next one. Brilliant. You should win the BAFTA. This is going to be our last question. And, and I see someone in robes. What house is that? Gryffindor. Gryffindor. All yes, right. obviously. Well, first off, Let's see how many points Gryffindor gets. First off, thank you for coming to D Dallas Fan Expo. But my question is, if you had the chance to be in Doctor Who, would you take it? You a Doctor Who fan? You big on Cybermen, Daleks? Um, I'm, I can't confess to being a huge Doctor Who fan. I, I've seen Doctor Who, and I've seen quite a few episodes of the, the, the Christopher Eccleston series. Because um, it was quite a big thing when it came back, and everyone in the UK was like, oh, Doctor Who's coming back, let's watch it. So I watched like, that first series, but then I've, I've not followed up with it after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a British institution. I mean, if if a script came up that was was really good and a great role, then I don't see any reason why why not. Yeah. Who's doing it now? Who's oh, it's Peter Capaldi, isn't it? Peter Capaldi. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, of course. One yeah. of the greatest. Very good. So uh, I have I have one more for you. Going back to the Potter franchise, I've I've read about injuries. I've read about uh, you know things where the, where the sword didn't miss, as it were. Uh, I've I've heard you 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 got a busted eardrum. Yep. Uh, what what kinds of stories from behind the scenes haven't haven't been you know I guess you would say told to death? Do you have any of those that are just kind of you know uh, bald caps falling off or you know some some something something that happened on set that uh, that that cracked everyone up that uh, that that disrupted things? Um, there was in the in the someone asked me what one of my <laughs> regrets from like the films is anything had changed slightly, and apart from the oh my god I killed Harry Potter line. Um, there we in, go, second reading. In, right. the, in the first film, when I have the, the... I can't remember the name of the curse. When, when Neville... The Cruciatus curse? No, when Neville falls over in the first one. The, that one, that one, yeah. Yes, this one. Um, the one that everyone in the audience got. When that happens, I, I couldn't fall properly. Like, I kept falling back. And I, I kept falling onto my back every time and doing it. But then when I hit the ground, my legs would spring up. So I'd like fall back and my legs would come up again. Um, and I just couldn't get it so that I'd fall just like a board. I just couldn't get it right. Um, and so in the end, they got my stuntman, Tolga Keenan, to do it. So if you watch the film, it suddenly cuts behind me and it's Tolga who is falling, um, who did an exceptional job. And the annoying thing about that is that I was actually falling onto my back repeatedly. So I did, I did the hard bit, but just couldn't keep my legs down. Um, <laughs> And I've always said that I, you know, I do my own stunts, and I have done ever, ever since, except that one time. They just didn't want that one to look as realistic as you wanted to do it. Sure, sure, I'll go with that. Yeah, but um, yeah, that is that is something that I just couldn't, I could not get right. So how how were relations between you and Helena Bonham Carter after she broke your eardrum? We're okay. You're all right. We're okay. We're were they, we're, we're talking again they now. They apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We yeah. um, we've 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 put that matter to bed. Now we're all right. Well, this is just a bit of a fun. We are actually <laughs> fine. Helen and I yeah, don't, please don't post fine. this on Twitter we're, or anything. We're just fine. No, yeah, she um, stuck a wand in my ear and perforated my eardrum. Um, That's all. Just which that. Was just that. Very painful at the time. Um, but it's, it healed very quickly. I can hear. 
perfectly. Um, <laughs> so it's all good. Well, uh, you know, on, on behalf of, I think, the whole audience, I can, I can thank you for the scars and slings and arrows and all the various things that you have uh, endured, gone through, grown and learned uh, and, and taught us for. Before we, we give him a final thanks, I want to make a couple program notes right here in this room. After this Q&A, we have a Q&A with Elizabeth Henstridge and Brett Dalton from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right after them, we've got T.J. Thine from Bones. Uh, then later this afternoon, we have Christian Slater. We have the costume contest in here. There's a lot of great programming happening in this room and all over the place. Those of you who didn't get a chance to ask your questions, you'll be back at your table all weekend, yes? Yeah. yeah. Let's, yeah. Hear it. <laughs> Let's hear it one more time for, to me, very honestly, the great hero of the Harry Potter franchise. Thank you. Thanks, man. <laughs>